Welcome into Fars Cast. Farzine Vasugian here with you. Hope you guys are having a great Friday or enjoying your weekend, depending when you are listening to this. Uh, it's been about, I think it's been a little over a week. I was honestly not planning on doing a podcast this week, but uh, something did come up, come up and I thought, hey, uh, I cannot turn down an opportunity to do this. I am very excited for this episode. There is a guest that I have been wanting on for quite some time. I've got to be honest. Uh, if you guys ever watched the show Last Chance You on Netflix, it's if you haven't watched it, it's a great docu-series uh, about uh, Juco kids at the, at the community college uh, playing college football. The first two years... They uh, they did the team at East Mississippi, and they have a really respectable program. And then in seasons three and four, they did a team out of Independence Community College. Independence, Kansas, by the way. So uh, I know a lot of my listeners are in uh, Kansas, Missouri, the whole Kansas City area, Midwest. So... Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's kind of appealing, actually, especially, you know, being in Kansas myself. So I can relate to that. Uh, you know, a lot of things they talk about with uh, within the state. Uh, it's more appealing because it's in the state of Kansas. Anyway, the point I'm trying to get at is Jason Brown, the head coach uh, of ICC, featured on Netflix in seasons three and four. He is going to be on this podcast very shortly. I can't. Put in the words how excited I am for that. Uh, and I'm excited to have you guys listen to it. So I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, the conversation has already been done, recorded, all that good stuff. Uh, so uh, it's coming up in just a moment. I do have one thing I need to say about uh, my uh, guest hit with Jason before you guys listen to it. There's something I want you guys to know, a little disclaimer, and I'll get to that shortly. As far as, you know, topics I want to discuss, I don't want to get into too many things because I really want to get to the conversation I had with Jason Brown. Uh, I will say uh, there's a huge UFC event happening Saturday afternoon, earlier than usual, um, because they're in Abu Dhabi and there's a big fight and they want to... They want the fighters to, I guess, fight at the appropriate time because they're in a completely different time zone. Justin Gaethje versus Habib Nurmagomedov. Habib has never lost a fight in his MMA career, I think. Uh, I'm going to look this up right now. I think he's won 28 or 30 fights. Um, uh, oh, I gave him a little too much credit. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 28 and 0 in his career. Uh, Justin Gaethje, who is 22-2, and two, he was undefeated for a long time before entering the UFC. And now that he's in the UFC, I mean, this guy has been a monster. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, just tearing guys apart left and right uh, since coming to the UFC. It's going to be a great fight. And I will say, Justin Gaethje, the way he looked in the fight against Tony Ferguson, which was supposed to be Ferguson versus Habib, but because of the pandemic and Habib being in Russia with the travel ban, it was just impossible to do. Uh, but Justin Gaethje filled in, and Gaethje was not as reckless as he has been in, in, in past fights. I'm saying this right now, man. If Justin Gaethje can fight that same fight 
fight smart, not reckless. He's beating Habib. He's going to give Habib his first loss ever. Uh, I think we are going to have a new champion Saturday afternoon or sun, Sunday morning, uh, whatever time it is, in uh, Abu Dhabi. So uh, we're going to get a new champ this weekend. I think it's going to happen. Both very similar styles, both hard hitters. Uh, but more importantly, both are very well known for their wrestling. And that, I think, is going to be the big X factor for both fighters. Habib has never fought anyone that has a very similar skill set. So this matchup against Justin Gaethje is going to be a very interesting one. The Tony Ferguson one, which it's unfortunate that never happens. A lot of people still want to see it because Tony is a much different fighter. They've got similar skills. Um, they can both fight on the ground, but that's more Habib style than Tony style. And then on the feet, that is way more Tony style than Habib style. But we've also seen Habib do some damage, uh, on the feet as well. So I'm curious to see how that pans out, uh, if it ever happens. But for now, you're getting a guy in a way is kind of like Habib's clone and Justin Gaethje, very similar fighter, very similar in, in size. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch on Saturday. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, and I'm kind of just flabbergasted that this ever happened, but Borat 2, or Borat subsequent film, whatever you want to call it, came out. Uh, I have seen the movie. I will not spoil it uh, for those who have not seen it. I'm just going to say right now, first of all, it's better than the first one. I, I did not. Let me say this. I was a little nervous and skeptical. I thought, you know, what if this is all for hype and it's all for money and it's not even as good as the first one. I regret thinking that. Uh, this is maybe the funniest movie I have ever watched. Um, hands down, one of my five favorite movies. As crazy as that sounds, as stupid as that may sound, it is one of my five favorite movies ever. Uh, it is that good. It's hilarious. Um, I will say if you can just put your politicals, uh, pol political stances aside, maybe you can uh, enjoy a really nice laugh because let's be honest, man, I think we get too obsessed with politicians we like to support. Uh, it's, it's a comedy movie, man. Uh, and, and look, comedians make fun of every politician. doesn't matter left or right. So just enjoy it if you do watch it because it is hilarious you're gonna have a great laugh if you uh if you watch the movie um that's all i'm gonna say I, the, the last thing i will say i think sasha baron cohen the actor for borat he pulled off some things that i thought were over the top and honestly more ballsy than than the first time he did this uh and he's done a lot of crazy stuff in in, in the past with ali g and borat and bruno what he did in this uh, in this movie, uh, kind of jaw dropping at times. The fact that he even pulled this all off. So that's all I'm gonna say. I'll, I'll wrap up on that. Okay, Jason Brown joining me in just a moment. Before we get into that, I just want to say this because I know a lot of you guys. Maybe you turn on the podcast and you have you know little kids in the background who who are listening and whatnot. Um, if you guys are listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you want to call it. If you guys are listening through Google, uh, through um, Spotify, wherever, 
Uh, and by the way, we're on so many more platforms now. iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I mean, we're, we're on so many places now, which is awesome. It's great to hear. And that's because of you guys with the podcast growing. Uh, anyway, if you do listen to the podcast, you do notice that little explicit sign next to it. So you may hear some some words here and there, which I think most people don't mind anyway. I will say this. And my conversation with Jason, which one of my favorite guest hits I've ever done on a podcast ever uh it gets pretty raunchy and i'm not talking like you know he and i argue back and forth no 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 no, none of that he and i had a lot of fun uh with our conversation super nice guy i really enjoyed talking to him we talked a little bit before we started recording and a little bit after i started uh, i stopped the recording uh super nice guy i had fun talking to the guy uh but let me just say this jason is a very opinionated guy very outspoken uh he's gonna say what's on his mind and rightfully so he's allowed to do that he does uh, speak his mind. And when I say speak his mind, he speaks his mind. Uh, he... I'm just trying to word this correctly. He, he's going to say some things that maybe some people are not okay with. I will say uh, at one point politics does come up. Uh, I didn't say a whole lot because I think by now people know my stance on politics. But uh, he does um, get into it a little bit. And to be clear... He does blast both Biden and Trump, so he's not playing favorites on this. Just to be clear on that, because I know there, there's at least one person who's going to tweet me and say, oh, you're now doing favorites on your podcast politically. No, nope, not at all. Uh, you will uh, hear him uh, verbally destroy both both of those guys. So he does not have a favorite in, in this. He does not have, uh, I mean, he doesn't care about these two. So he's going to speak his mind there. Let me just say this, some of the language he uses, uh, definitely I would not want that around, I, I would not say it around children. I don't think anyone would. So if you do have the podcast on in your living room or wherever and you've got kids or younger siblings, whatever the case is, uh, just, just, just an FYI because I don't want any complaints about this, so... Uh, it's a fun conversation. I want to be clear on that. Uh, and I greatly appreciate Jason for taking the time to join me. Just letting you guys know a little disclaimer. And if you've got young ones, pause the podcast, listen to it when you've got a mature audience around. I'll leave it at that. Jason Brown coming up next here on Farscast. Right. Uh, I am very excited about this. As I mentioned uh, last segment, joining us right now, uh, you guys all know him from the popular Netflix docuseries Last Chance U seasons three and four, and also the host of the Slapdick podcast over at the Believe Podcast Networks. Coach Jason Brown is here with us. JB, how are you, man? Good, man. How you doing? <laughs> Good, man. I've got to be honest. Um, uh, it kind of feels surreal talking to you. I, I, I love the show. I love the first two seasons of Last Chance You. And then when I heard that seasons three and four were going to be in Kansas, uh, you know, it, as a someone who lives in Kansas, it's like, okay, it's interesting. We're, we're never on the map or anything like that. No one ever talks about us. So to see uh, a community college from Kansas uh, out there and just watching you, man, I, I really loved your style and just everything. I really love those two seasons of uh, Last Chance You. How much has your life changed uh, since uh, since those two seasons? 
Man, um, first of all, I'm glad you watched them. I haven't really watched those fuckers yet. Um, <laughs> you're from Kansas, huh? Yeah, I live in Overland Park. Or Olathe, uh, excuse me. Oh, Olathe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I recruited a great kid out of Olathe North uh, to Garden City years ago. But, uh, you know, shit, man, life changed. I mean, it's changed, uh, I guess, just because, like, you know, the show was so widely recognized uh in that regard i guess change being like you know i can't go to walmart or anything without being recognized which is different but uh at the same time you know uh i i you know i i took that and and tried to use it as a as a as a plus and a benefit man and and you know got to got to use the brand so to speak and and use the platform to uh not only help a bunch of other kids and coaches but uh started my own ventures and so got you know my whiskey my cigars you know podcasts which I really didn't want to do but I was like you know what screw it I'm not doing shit so <laughs> um you know plus some other things a best-selling book and 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 just 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 things keep coming man and uh so gotta just keep dealing with it and figuring out uh you know what ends up happening how this train ends up uh you know finishing at the uh at the stop or does we do we keep going or what what's going to happen you know, I'm curious because I've done the whole, I mean, I was a journalism major. I've done broadcasting, you know, I've done interviews, but never to the extent of, you know, doing like a docu-series. Um, was it weird? Was it annoying? I mean, what was it like having the cameras follow you? Because I know uh, uh, Buddy Wyatt from the first two seasons, the head coach there. I mean, he, he, he told, Stevens, the, yeah. yeah, everybody Stevens, excuse me. Uh, I mean, he let the camera guys know, hey, you know, stay away just didn't really want to have any part of it at times. You seem to be really lenient with those guys. How did it feel to be in front of a camera 24 seven almost? Why, why did he let them in there then? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like, I'm a kind of guy, man, that if I'm, if I'm in, I'm two feet in, uh, I'm not one foot in one foot out. Like don't fucking invite him in there. Then if you don't want him around, like that's, that's don't make sense to me. But um, I told, I, I was hesitant to bring him in. Um, I didn't watch this first show. I didn't know about the East Mississippi Netflix show. I didn't know nothing about it. I knew about East Mississippi um, recruiting against them and so forth in the business, but I didn't know they were on a show. Uh, a couple of coaches showed me a couple episodes one day. I was barbecuing for my staff. Uh, I think year one uh, that we took over at Indy and, uh, so I'm like, wow, they're they're documenting real Juco shit, huh? You know, um, and so I had my reservations uh, when they called me. You know, I was like, not really interested. I uh, went back into a staff meeting and told the staff and they were just like, no way, man, we got to have it. I'm like, we don't need it. I said, we haven't lost one kid to East Mississippi without the show. So why would I need the show? Like, they're not beating me in recruiting. It don't matter if I have a show or not. So my whole thing was... Uh, that was kind of the deal on that. And then I went home, I thought about it. I talked to some mentors of mine and uh, some, some four-year coach buddies of mine, NFL coaching buddies of mine. And I was just like, you know, who am I at the end of the day? I, can, I came up with the consensus and executive decision that I had to make. It was like, you know, who am I to take away a, a opportunity from some young coaches, young players? And, uh, and that was ultimately the reason. And it, it was probably my my giving nature, man, I guess that, uh, probably ended up fucking me at the end of the day, but it is what it is. Uh, so, you know, um, sometimes it's a detriment, man, to, uh, that's why I always say, man, trust two people in the world, you know, me and the other one ain't you. And that's just kind of, I remember that. I by. 
Yeah. And so it is what it is, man. Once I took it though, it was an all in deal and the cameras didn't bother me, man. It was uh, the microphones that I knew I was going to have problem with. Not, not now, but later, which is now, you know what I mean? So, well, no, I understand. But I've got to say, man, I mean, I think what a lot of people will appreciate and look, yeah, you, you, you're mic'd up and you're being filmed the entire time. And you know, uh, what I do appreciate is you were yourself the whole time. Like I remember the first episode, you're complaining uh, to the officials about, you know, all these ball switches. And you mentioned, oh, this is why Tom Brady has that uh, deflate gate. And that was a comment a lot of people just loved. Um, oh, I didn't even fucking, bro, I'm, I, I give you a secret. Uh, I couldn't tell you one fucking thing I said on that show. I don't know anything I said. I didn't script it. I don't prep it. It is what it is. Whatever I say comes out. I've been that way my whole life and I wasn't going to change and I wasn't going to try to change from one year to another. And uh, similar to the first guy um, on the first show, how he went and got a priest and all kind of shit. I'm not doing that shit. That's not me. And I was like, I'm not changing who I the fuck who I am. You guys want to follow me? Go ahead. They filmed me for 3,600 hours. They only put you only saw 16 hours of that. So, I, I mean, you got to be a dumb motherfucker to understand that there's not more out there than 16 hours on this oh, show. 100. So the people that comment and say these things are just blows my mind. Like it's unbelievable to me that they are. Uh, Man, there's so many professional Twitter and Instagram um, people out there that know everyone's profession. It, it blows my mind. But mm, see what happens. Uh, well, I, I did want to ask you about the Twitter um, because in the last episode you were criticized for uh, a, a text message you sent. I remember you um, you, you responded to all these hate tweets. Uh, someone said, um, "I can't believe how many uh, Jason Brown stands there are," and you didn't know what that meant. Do you know what a stand is now, or has anyone told you? What is it? I see, some people were were saying, "Oh, uh, I can't believe how many Jason Brown stands there are." It's internet yeah. lingo. Uh, uh, I guess it, it basically. I I don't know what it means fully, but I guess it just means they support and love you no matter what. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, Appreciate it. Whatever the fuck Stan is. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. So, you know, I got, I got, I used to get this data and uh, information from Netflix, not Greg Whiteley, the producer of last chance you, he doesn't work for Netflix, but actual Netflix people would send me different things that I was, what I was, you know, people that I met through, through the process and people that were kind of assigned to me. Um, we were deal with different things, but they would tell me kind of like, I guess my, my approval ratings. So <laughs> the show came out, you know, I was asleep at night, right? It was whatever time it was. I'm in Kansas at the time. Cause we literally start summer camp the next day after the show aired July, whatever it was, July 20th, we started the 21st. Okay. Right? So I was like, I didn't give a shit. I woke up, which I didn't ever really sleep. My phone was just going off all night because the show came on, I guess, around midnight or whatever. Um, I was going to get up and get in the office early like I normally did, four or five in the morning, whenever the hell I went in. And I would see my phone was just on fire, right? And uh, and I and I noticed there's like a ridiculous amount of following on Twitter and shit. And I only, I just started Twitter and, and I didn't even think I had an Instagram yet. I started Twitter maybe a year and a half before when I went to garden city, just for recruiting. I didn't know shit about Twitter. I didn't know shit about Instagram. 
I knew about Facebook a little bit, but I don't know shit. I don't. I couldn't tell you what a fucking what is it? Snap, Snapchat or Chat Snap or whatever. Snapchat. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. tell you what that is. TikTok. I don't know what it looks like. Tick. I don't know what that shit looks like. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I I I don't know shit about it, man. I was like, I ain't going on this shit. Um, but I had to do it for recruiting, and so yeah. I harped on the kid, the coaches. I said, we got a trend on Twitter and we were trending at Indy on Twitter the year one and just recruiting. Cause we were so, we, we pushed it so hard because that's what I love to do is recruit. So I didn't know shit about it. Well, people found my Twitter, I guess, after that show came out after literally the first night of it, people binge watched it or whatever. And, uh, and you know, shit, I I'm, I'm sitting there like 50,000 fucking followers overnight or something. I'm like, what the fuck? So I didn't know what was going on. Um, and then, uh, you know, whatever. Now I got 110,000 or some shit. I don't know nothing about it. But, you know, it's uh, it, it's one of those deals. I found out the blue check is something serious. You know, I don't know shit about it. Yeah, you, you're high up there in the ranks. Yeah, Instagram, I got a blue check. Fucking Twitter, I don't. I got more followers on Twitter. So I don't know why. It is what it is. I don't. Yeah, the, the blue check is weird. I, I have a blue check on Facebook, uh, but not on Twitter. I mean, I don't, I don't know mm. if it's needed, but um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen people with a couple hundred followers get the blue check. Yeah, so. I think it's mad as like who you are, I guess. There's like, I've seen like, yeah, I've seen people with like a thousand fan, uh, people, but they're like, uh, you know, an analyst or announcer on some CBS show and they have yeah. blue check. I don't know. You know, I, I did want to back up a little bit because you were talking about, you know, they filmed you for the hundreds, thousands of hours. Um, and, you know, I watch a little bit of reality TV. I, I'm a, I like the show Survivor. Uh, and, you know, there's you only see 40 minutes of that when there's they're out there for 39 days, you know, doing mm-hmm. their crazy thing and all. Uh, and not to say your whole experience was a reality TV show, but I think you can still kind of make a lot of comparisons there, as you said, you know. We don't see everything. You only see 16 mm-hmm. of those 3,600 hours. Um, do you ever have to explain to certain people? I mean, I'm not talking like Twitter followers or any of that. Just people like your bosses or people close to you about certain things that went on. I don't have a boss no more. I'm the boss, man. Shit. I don't answer well, there you nobody. Go. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you know, me and my boss at the time, Tammy, who's a great, she lives right there by you. Um, she's now in, in Kansas City. But she... Uh, you know, great AD, man. She got it. And, you know, we tried to get ahead of it PR-wise. You know what I mean? Um, when the show came out, we wanted to get ahead of it. And we kind of knew what was going to happen. I mean, we're in a town of 9,000 people sitting there in southeast Kansas. You know, there's there's not a restaurant open past 8 o'clock at night. There's, there's really, they're not used to having the amount of black kids that I brought in there, uh, to be just honest. Yeah. And I think it was just the time that was my time. There it was four going four years strong and, and it was a time, it was long enough. You know what I mean? And so I think it was just uh, cause I'm never going to beg, you know, I could have fought it and stayed and tried to fight the deal. And I was like, you know what? I'm not ever going to stay somewhere. I'm not wanted. And so it, it was like, Hey, time to resign. I'm out. And it was a deal. Pay me and get the fuck out. That's what I told them. I'll get out. You pay me. Uh, well, I remember in that final episode when they were talking about your exit, I think it was the president uh, of the of the college, uh, he said this. He said there were only two applicants for the job, and you were one of them. Why did you uh, want to go to independence? I don't know who the hell said that. Uh, the president said that? He was the fucking slap. That's why. Um, 
You know what? There, I'll tell you this. When I resigned, um, without getting into too much detail, there was a 300 people that I already had emailed the, the AD for the job. When I took the job, um, I was in the, I was in the, the league the year prior. So obviously everyone in the league knew what I did to garden city as far as recruiting. So everybody wanted to get me a, a call to me and we talked, I talked to several different people and Tammy was someone that I resonated with. And I said, you know what? She said, you know what? We have a job that's going to open up. Would you be interested? And I flew out and talked to her and, and I never been to independence. I never met her, but my mentor is from independence who coached me in college across the state at Fort Hayes state university in Western Kansas. And he was now the AD at Coffeeville, which is literally 15 minutes from independence. I literally stayed at his house the two days I was there for interviewing. So it was something to come see him again and then meet Tammy, go through the interview process. Tammy did a hell of a job. It was a, a full day interview type of deal, how she, how she set it up, which is something that I would like to do. When I uh, interview people, I did the same similar things. So I respected her and I knew we were on the same page uh, as regarding what we wanted uh, out of this deal. And, you know, I was like, look at, I love taking the underdog role. I love, you know, there's no greater thing in life than doing something someone said you couldn't do. And that's just one of those quotes I use and I have it on my door and you saw it on the show. And, and uh, that's just something I live by. And I was like, look, I, I, I've only taken jobs that are shitty. I said, I have no issue with it. But I said, are you guys going to support this and deal with me? Cause you don't know how I am. And I'm trying to explain to them, this is how it is. And if you don't, if we can't agree to how we are, then I, there's no need to keep going. And, and it was a perfect fit. And that's just how the jobs are that I've, I've taken. I'm in the past because it takes, it's, it's, it's a village, man. It takes a village to do it. You got to buy in, you got to be able to do it at the time, Dan Barwick, the president, he was an all in guy uh, because he didn't know shit about sports. That's the best president you can have. You know what I mean? Cause he's not going to bother you and he's going to help. And he knows I was, huge with the academic side he knew I was huge with the kids on being in class studious on time not fucking around not being idiots respecting teachers and, and, and authority figures and being great in the community you know I never had a kid arrested I never had a kid thrown in jail I've never had any of that in my tenure anywhere and I've graduated more kids with higher GPAs and gotten more division one scholarships and players in the NFL than any JUCO coach in America and never have they been kicked out or thrown in jail after they left me. So that's something that makes me sleep at night, not wins and losses. So that's good. When that happens, you know, I told them that I said, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to be an asshole, but I'm going to be an equal opportunist asshole, coaches, players, teachers. I don't give a shit. If you're not doing your job, I'm going to tell you about it. And that's just how it is. And it's results oriented business we live in uh, or life we live. So when I have teachers that put black kids in the corner of their class facing the corner, like we're in fucking kindergarten, I have a problem with it. And I'm going to call you out on it and I'm going to stop your class and I'm going to pull my black kid out of there. And those same teachers years later who hold grudges because you call them out on their, how shitty they are in their job and how racist they are and sh different shit. Then guess what? They hold grudges. They get together with other racist teachers and other fuckers that hate you. And then they combine these, you know, they stack shit up against you. So anything you do 
in two, three years, they can get a chance to fuck you. That's what they do. And that's what happened ultimately. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't know all those stories, but yeah, I literally had kids in corners facing the corner. Like, you know, we're in a fucking, you know, segregated fucking plantation house in the middle of Kansas. Well, you know, I, I listened to, I didn't even know you had a podcast a week ago and I was just yeah. going through believes, um, little list of podcasts and i was uh i i've talked to cam before i've had a couple of people from believe and i saw you had a podcast i was like whoa uh and so i listened to your wednesday podcast so it's the only one i've listened to which by the way i really loved uh i i think you guys do a great job it's it's a, it's you always get a good laugh so i recommend it for yeah. those who haven't heard before but you were talking about that a little bit um in your oh well i should say a little bit probably more than that um, and, and, you know, you hear about a lot of these issues, uh, uh, in our, in our country. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, as, as someone who has coached, uh, football, a lot of black kids, um, what do you make when you see all these kinds of issues going on across our country? Well, shit, man, it's been going on since, you know, I was born. I'm only 44. I mean, shit has been going around, you know, I was the only white kid growing up in Compton. I mean, it, this, I've seen it my whole life. I've been around it. So I was tabbed in that. Uh, demographic by cops, by business owners, by whoever, you know, I, I vouch for brothers, black Americans. I, I don't really have a lot of friends that aren't black. Um, and then I protect them and coach them and I coach them hard and then I get them to the next level. And then I love on them. And then I, uh, you know, write them letter of recommendations, give them jobs, get them degrees, whatever it may be. Some people don't like that. So now you're one of them. And that's just how I think I've been tabbed for a long time. And I'm fine with it because that's just what it is. I don't give a shit. If, if, if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. We know who you really are. So, uh, and that goes for any color. I mean, I grew up with Mexicans, blacks, Asians. I mean, that's just what it was where I grew up. I wasn't a lot of white folks. So, you know, uh, you know, I, it blows my mind that we all and really shame on us because we recruit brothers and black Americans all day, every day. And that's for every four year institution out there, every junior college out there, every high school coach. Um, but when a coach can't come out and give a genuine statement um, about how black lives matter, how you know, 90% of your team's black, but 90% of the coaches in the country are white. And we, we have to get a publicist to write a statement for us that takes a week after we're out rioting, uh, protesting, cats are dying, uh, blows my mind. And that's yeah. just something that I would, you would never see from me because I would, I would have already addressed it the minute that it happened because I don't need to write a fucking statement. It's all genuine, just like how I recruited those kids and promised those moms that I was going to take care of their babies. And, you know, these guys sell cars. Uh, that's what they are. They, there's, it's a meat market. And unfortunately the babies are the pieces of meat in the market. And uh, hopefully they wake up, man. And the parents do some, do some fucking investigating because the kids, uh, like I tell them every day and the parents too, they need to be the CEO of themselves and understand that they're putting their future in someone else's hands when they pick to go to these places that really don't give a shit about you. And uh, unfortunately that's just a business, but you know, you can't feel sorry for anybody cause they're, they may, it's all about decisions that we make in his life. And 
these parents who aren't invested at all because when the kid throws an eraser at the teacher in class and the mom don't bust their ass, they do it again tomorrow. And yeah. it's like the dog pisses on your carpet and you don't rub her nose in it tomorrow. You do it. She don't know why you did it. So why are you rubbing my nose in this? I don't know what I did. Same thing. You don't fucking discipline your guys day of it happening. Um, what happens is you create this fucking enabled soft uh, generational culture that we've created the last 20 years. And, 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 and instead of coaching it, we're allowing it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you've talked about, you know, these kids and, you know, what they deal with and coming to a place like independence. Um, you know, I went to Johnson County Community College for three years. And, you know, one of the things I was surprised by is, you know, just a lack of, I mean, they've got a great athletics program, but, you know, they don't have a lot of fan attendance. And that was something to me, I was just kind of oblivious about like, why? And then, you know, uh, I would hear all these stories about all these student athletes at Johnson County going to all these places like independence uh, or garden city. And they keep talking about how those cities have huge turnouts for their community college games. But then it come to find out, you know, it's because they don't have a whole lot going on in their, in their college towns, essentially. Whereas Johnson County, I mean, there are so many things to do. A lot of people don't have interest uh, the students there uh, to go see their classmates go play. Uh, What was it like, um, coaching at independence and just seeing the, the, the reaction, especially after the first season when people knew about you because of the show and, and just wanting to support you even more. Yeah. We, you know, the crowds are horrible. When I got the job, they'd only won what four games in 10 years or whatever. Um, and then we go six and five year one and, you know, beat three teams, Coffeyville, Butler and Hutch that they haven't beaten 39 years or whatever. So, that was already the crowds were already filled. We were already selling out our stadium for our four, four, three or three or four games. We played at home. Um, the crowd was already in it and they were crowded. When the show came out, we had people from Australia and Maryland and fucking New York and everywhere there. And you couldn't even get in the game, obviously. And we're selling apparel like crazy. And it's just become, uh, you know, you know, it's just the event of the whole area. I mean, we had cats from Wichita all across Kansas coming to it because they just wanted to see Independence, Kansas. You had people from Australia come just to see the town where the show was filmed, right? Yeah. So it's become a historical landmark. I think we put our, you know, our footprints in the sand, so to speak, in that town. Um, we did uh, things they've never done. We The first bowl win, the first league championship, the first et cetera, et cetera, that they thought would never be done. And not only did we do it, we did it at an accelerated rate because that's what junior college is. And there's no excuses. Uh, You can win year one like we did. And uh, then we win it all year two like we did. And year three, we struggled because I think the TV cameras were a little too much for the nucleus that we had. And I believe everybody wanted to be on camera, just like the fans you see that filled those places. And Johnson County, number one, don't have football. So there's there's the first reason you don't have attendance. Second reason is, like you said, it is a bigger venue. It's a bigger city. There's more things to do. California junior colleges, we have 72 junior colleges in California that play football. The rest of the country has 71 combined. When you saying that means, do you know how what you know what the crowds are here at the best junior college in the state of California? You know what the crowd show out is? No. The best school here. 200 that you know oh wow let me a fuck so california there's no investment in athletics especially junior college athletics right so 
Um, I'm not shocked and won't be shocked after COVID disappears if they fold junior college athletics in California. I wouldn't be surprised. Kansas, when you have towns of 9,000, you know, Garden City has a historical history, just like Coffeyville does, just like, you know, Hutchison and Butler do. In those small towns, they've won national championships over the years, and those towns are one-horse towns. Even though Garden and Hutch are a little bigger, they're 35, 45,000 people. They're pretty much the biggest cities in the western part of the state. They are the biggest. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're only behind Hutch or, or, or Wichita in the state as far as size-wise Garden City is. But that's what they are there for. You know, independence, that's what you have there. You want to see good football for 9,000 9, people in the town. You should have every fucking buddy there, right? Um, and especially, you know, once we put a great product out there, it became, you know, a Saturday night deal that they wanted to do. And we made it a show because football games are events. They're not games. Johnson County has basketball, but there's games twice a week or whatever. They're, they're not events. Football is a once a week deal or, you know, structurally and organizationally, you have to plan that out. It takes other sports uh, to help manage those game day. It's called game day management. You need other sports teams to do it. And it's like when it's our turn to help out basketball, that's what we do. That's what great programs do. And uh, especially at the junior college level, when you're a smaller uh, resources and you got smaller uh, venues and uh, you know, we did a great job of that supporting each other's programs, but you know, sometimes it's jealous one's envy, man. And you know, you get a show and that I didn't ask for, you get a show <laughs> You win, you're getting kids scholarships at a, the highest rate ever in the history of junior college, 101 kids in three years, division one, 40 a season, unheard of, right? And I think other programs and coaches got a little jealous, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and not only in our school, but in our league, of course, everyone hated me, which I didn't give a shit about. They hated me in California too, because why I'm the best recruiter in the country. I'm going to get the kids to play hard. We're going to win and we're going to get kids scholarships. And guess what? The next batch of kids want to come play for me. And it's because I'm real and genuine. And I tell them how it is. And these other dudes are fucking, they fake. They're fake. I mean, it's what it is. I, I don't know what to say. I can't, I can't make you be real. You are what you are. All right. So kids are not stupid. They're dumb as fuck. They're not <laughs> stupid. And there is a huge difference in that. And people don't realize. And People call these kids, oh, you're stupid. No, you're, they're not stupid. They see right through bullshit. They see right through your ass when you lie to them. They see right through your ass when you're not loyal and you're telling them there's, you're selling them bullshit. And, you know, that's just the honest truth. And that's why, that's just how, that's why I coach how I do. And that's why I live how I live because that's what it is at the end of the day. It's about, uh, being honest. Well, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I really do. Like I said, I mean, again, edited television show, I got to take that into consideration, but you know, I, 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 I could still see that uh, genuine side of you because even just talking to you now, I, I kind of just pick up on, uh, you know, I, I you don't get that vibe that, you know, it was edited to the point where you're a completely different person. So and I've always I had a conversation with a buddy of mine because I'm a KU fan and grad. Um, I went to KU and I, I said, you know, I, I really wish Jason Brown coached the Jayhawks because uh, I did cover um, my I was a transfer student, so. The two years I was at Kansas, uh, it was Charlie Weiss's first two years, which, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that was a disaster. I, I liked his attempt. He had this, and I'm sure you know about this, or, or maybe you don't, I don't know. His 
big plan to try to build up the program was one, you know, show them the basketball program and show how big of a deal that is. And number two, he tried to have the best Juco recruits in the country. Now it didn't really pan out in the end. Uh, but man, uh, it's like, I, I just feel like he would do such a better job at KU. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, there was a possibility of interviewing for that job, even though I knew it was just, it was just a, uh, it was, a. It was basically a attention grabber for the university. Um, yeah. So I, I did not do it, um, even though we were in discussions with some people there. Uh, not the AD Long, but some other folks, because I came up there and spoke to a couple classes. Uh, I was invited to come speak at a few classes there at KU. So obviously, just like Arkansas did, KU did the same deal that somebody created a fucking Twitter and they're going to they're going to put a poll together to hire Coach Brown. Right. That's just <laughs> it was comical. Florida State actually did it. Right. It, it was crazy. So I love the hell out of those guys that do that shit. I appreciate it. But, you know, I know that those people would never try to take a shot at someone like me. This is the deal, too. It's a recyclable business. It's who you know, not what you know. Cats don't want to hire people that are going to rock the boat, even though I know and I understand protocols and how to operate. They saw 16 hours of a show. They think I'm some dude running through Walmart, cussing out babies when division one coaches, you know, the Nick Saban's and the Willie Fritz's and the uh, Ed Ogeron's and all those type of guys are going to come in and talk to you and tell you coach, this is the greatest run organizational Juco I've ever seen. The kids are the best acting kids, the best well-mannered kids. They dress the best the best structured practice I've ever seen, including my own and Netflix. Don't put none of that on the show. You know what I mean? So that's where I will correct you. And if you said, if you told the producer, Greg Whiteley, that if you compare the documentary to a, a, a reality show, he like, he'd rip your face off. Cause like that, he's like fucking, he wouldn't rip your face he's like a nice guy ever, but he would like, no, 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 there's a huge difference. Well, he broke it down. There is a difference between reality and documentary. And it's, it's really is a huge difference. And I kind of saw it, um, you know, last chance to choose a documentary uh, reality shows are, are the 90 day fiance, the fucking all these shit that is scripted in some facet. Um, there was absolutely nothing scripted. Now what they do do is they'll take some shit I did and when I watch some of the show, I'm like, wait up. I said that shit two weeks ago. They put that shit in with the shit that was current. Now it looks like, hold up. So I, they I know what you're talking shit. about. Yeah, they massage shit to make, you know, some of it made me look bad. Some of it probably just got them ratings. And it, it is what it is. I had Greg on this show of mine. And, you know, I brought up some of those things. You know what I mean? I don't hold any grudges. I mean, it is what it is. Um but, you know, will it hurt me getting a coaching job if I want to coach again one day? Who knows? Right now, probably is. I mean, people are scared to hire guys that are high profile or, or they think that just the show, you know, uh, depicted me in such a way that maybe, um, you know, a lot of it's not true, but that's how they massaged it. And it is what it is, man. I, I can't do nothing about it because I accepted it and I took it on and what am I going to do? Suck my teeth now and, you know, uh, cry over spilled milk. Hey, I don't look backwards, brother. I'm not going that way. That's good. No, that's good. Um, yeah, I was just uh, talking to you about Kansas. Uh, in your last podcast, you did talk about Puka Williams. Uh, you said he was a player you recruited. Uh, I've got to say, I mean, one of the few bright spots 
in Kansas uh, for football, at least is Puka Williams. And yeah, as a Chiefs fan, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Andy Reid and uh, I know they just signed Le'Veon Bell. I don't know what his future holds in Kansas city, but man, I feel like if Puka ever got the opportunity and I know he's dealing with some more important matters right now, but if he ever got the opportunity, I think he'd truly thrive under Andy Reid's offense. Mm, yeah. I mean, it could, I mean, it just, it's hard to say, man. You know that I, I don't jump that far uh, down the line because you know, no, a different breed. Um, you know, I know Puka, his family. I recruited him, been in his home. Uh, his best friends, one of my, played for me at Indy. Uh, I knew that I know coach, the head coach at his high school very well. Great dude, Saltamaggio, Saltamaggio, uh, Coach Salt. And you know they they do a great job there at that place. You know that's a high school, his high school. So you know, so your listeners will know this is a trip. Um, you walk on his campus and you'll go to meet coach salt, the head coach. And you walk around and they have this pond in the middle of the campus. And it's like a moat. It looks like a fucking, like, and you're in Louisiana. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And so there's like, there's not really any, anything around it. Nothing really that would stop what I'm about to tell you from happening. There's fucking gators in that motherfucker, man. There's oh my God. gators and crocodiles in this thing. And there's like one little shitty chain around the moat and they come out onto the grass and uh, it's like a state landmark, but it's on their school campus, like in the middle of their fucking quad. Like, I was like, gotta be shitting me. Yeah, man. And that's where you recruit Puka Williams at. So, (laughs) hey, you risk first reward, brother. You need the kid or what the fucking deal with the crocodile. So, Uh, do you have a favorite NFL team or a favorite college football team? Nah, I since I stopped playing when I was briefly with the chiefs and, you know, I knew the equipment guy there. That's why they, uh, if you saw the show, I brought my team there and we got, yeah, I was going to ask about that. They toured our team around and, uh, he, he, he looked out for me. Great dude. He'd been there forever. Um, you know, uh, no, I don't, man. Cause I've been co- coaching so long, you know, it was shit basically about 35 years straight, uh, until last year when I left Indy, basically about 35 years consecutive that I either played or coached. So I had had a year off in 35 years. That was about nine years old. I've been playing football um, every year and every summer and fall and spring. And, you know, it was, it's been refreshing, man, to chill a little bit for a year and a half now. Um, And now COVID hit, which is probably, to be honest, the best thing for me. I mean, it sucks for everyone else in America. It's shitty for every business and all the shit that's going on for me though, you know, you, you hope America forgives uh, like so many others that have done far worse than I've ever done. I, I, I've never done anything oh, yeah. malicious. Number one, number two, um, it's amazing when you become this certain person that they think you are, and they think they know you are. Uh, now people are throwing shit at you and trying to get shit to stick, man. And, and, and that could be anything bad and good. And it's just crazy. And so, uh, you know, we'll see how we'll see how it all unfolds, man. But you know, COVID. Hopefully, when it all ends and said and done, maybe the the, the country forgives, the world forgives. Even though I think I'm liked more than hated now. Like I was telling you, these these these, I get these reports, and when the show came out, I didn't tell you the story, the whole story. Sorry, but the whole first year, the first night came out. We had practice the next day. I told you about all that following I had. Oh yeah, I was like eight percent approved globally eight so is this is I this guess, a twitter approval or no it's like netflix i guess oh netflix this. okay however they get their deal and uh i'm like well shit man i don't know i'm like fuck it i guess most people watch the first 
four episodes or whatever. And I guess I was bad. I still haven't watched the first season I was on. And so I guess I was, it was bad for whoever thought it was bad or whatever. So as time went on and four weeks go by, six weeks go by, we're getting into our season, which was our second season on Netflix um, that we had a shitty year on, you know, now I'm like 76% approved all of a sudden. So I take this huge spike and I'm just like, it's it's crazy, man. It's ironic how people judge you so quick. I, I literally, I've, I've had maybe over three years or whatever it is. I've probably had maybe 50 hate emails, you know, just, emails that are like fucking you're a fucking asshole whatever right but i've had i can't even tell you how many thousands of love mails and emails and and, and and messages uh that you know they appreciate me so far very 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 uh, far less hate than i did love um as far as even in my dms or whatever um you know far far less hate and so you know, I think real recognizes real, man, at the end of the day. Um, but there is a lot of ignorant fucks out there. I'm just telling you that are, that oh, 100%. are they love to hide behind the keyboard or their fingers on Twitter and Instagram and just shoot shit out, out there. And uh, it's crazy, man, how people – and that's why I said the other day, if you've seen my follow me or anything, but I, I said, you know, fuck blocking you. I'm going to patent a slap dick. <laughs> um deal where if you fucking make a comment it has no validity because you haven't sent me your resume because i want to see fuckers resume because i i'm confused on how many jacks of all trades there are in the world um because these motherfuckers think they're the masters of of everyone's profession like you literally after this show just so you clear i'm letting you know right now you're going to have motherfuckers tell you how shitty your podcast is because you had me on it so I want you to know that's okay. You should let them know, like, dude, send me your resume. So I understand where you, what you do, because you're obviously so good at what you do and my job, send me your resume. And that's what I want to make. I want to create this patent slap dick, fuck block and slap dick, basically slap dicks you for, you know, let's say six weeks. You can't message nobody that you, uh, you, you responded to that has no validity because you can't prove it. And you're a fucking idiot. Right, so that's what I want to do. Create a slap. No, I I think that's great. Yeah, look, I don't care. I, you know, people. I think they're allowed to have their opinions and all. But look, it doesn't matter whether you're a coach, athlete, actor, politician, whoever. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you see people who make donations, and there's at least one person who's going to be upset. I'm giving away these uh, Chief Super Bowl flags. Uh, to my followers and there was someone a couple of weeks ago who who complained about it it's like i'm not charging for whoever wins the giveaway it's like i am just giving them away you know because because you know my followers for the most part they've been they've been very kind to me and supportive uh, of the work i've done over the years so i'm like hey why not but you know there's always someone who has to bitch about that i guess by the way i will say this i'm a i'm a blocker on social media because in my opinion it's like i just don't know if it's even worth the time and effort i used to try to find like a middle ground with mm-hmm. some of these trolls, but it's just not worth it for me sometimes. So, so I'll admit I am, I am the blocker, but you're the other way. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know what? I don't know why I, I you know, I just fuck it. I'm not doing nothing. I want to, I want to, I like to stir shit up. This is the thing <laughs> about it though. I had a show I called, you should listen to my podcast called bad words. I titled it bad words. Bad words are not, they don't mean shit anymore. Back in the day, if I called you a 
bitch. That means I called you out of your name, man to man. You better be ready to fight me, right? Or I better be ready to fight you for even calling you the word. These people now have become so accustomed to not getting hit in the fucking mouth for calling people's names on social media. They're 100% right. Email with no face, no profile picture that is real. You know, Cat could be in Kansas City, says he's from fucking Newark, right? Because you don't know. It's This has become such a soft generation that, you know, I, I'm seeing this on Twitter and I'm like, fuck, I can really call you a bitch and nothing's going to happen to me. I don't even have to fight you. And I, I've noticed it over time. Now, why I called it bad words is now I'll call this guy a fuck stick and he'll respond. Thanks coach for calling me a fuck stick. I appreciate it. We are so soft, man, that we, they, these cats like it. They love, they want you to call them out their name. Like, to me, I still have an issue calling a dude. I, you know, I never call a female that word. I, I used to only use the word for males. If I called you a bitch, that means you're the lowest form of a male in the world, in my opinion. It was the most, growing up where I did, being called that word is the most degrading, disrespectful word you can call another man. And that was fighting words, straight up. You're about to fight. And so nowadays, ah, thanks, coach, call me a bitch. It's like, holy fuck, man. These motherfuckers are really ingrained to be soft. And I'm just telling you, you wonder why these all these cats are, you know, want, want instant gratification. They're enabled. They fucking, uh, they, they, they think they know everything. They'll tell you literally how to run your podcast. He's probably 14 years old. He's never paid a mortgage or a car note. And he'll literally tell you this, how you need to do your fucking mortgage. And then the parent don't beat the shit out of him when he gets home and the teacher don't do nothing. And the high school coach sucks his dick and tells him, please don't transfer on me, please. So it's, it's, it's crazy, man. I never seen nothing like it. So maybe I never coach again. Maybe I never coach again. I don't know if I coach these soft fucks. And then I'm telling you right now, it ain't the kid's fault, brother. It's the coaches and the parents. So kids are the same as they always been. You know, it's funny you were talking. You know, these some of these people don't even have a picture. It's just that generic photo that Twitter gives you when you create your account. It's always you know someone that has like you know Charlie Brown and then you oh, know yeah. seven, eight, nine digits into oh, their yeah. screen yeah, yeah, name. Yeah. Because, and then you look at it; they have zero followers. And I'm sitting there like, hold up, what? If, so if they have zero followers, I just block you. I won't respond because they just want the clout. They want you to get yeah. so they can get followers. So that those are the guys I'll block. I'll just fuck you all the way, right? I'll just block you. I won't even respond. But the dudes that have 400, 500 followers, whatever, I'll talk shit to them all day. Because this is the cold part about it, man. And I don't know what you're calling this show of yours. You call it social media fucking beret, right? This is the thing. <laughs> Why do you follow me if you talk shit to me about That's anything? That's a great that question. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Because I actually, I actually asked a hater today. I'm like, let me ask them. But yet you follow me and you comment on my post and you don't think you're a dick writer. That blows my mind. You are a dick writer and like how my balls taste. That's just how it is. I said, so I'm going to give out a slap dick and I'm going to give out a fucking Listerine 
like a Listerine patch. Like I'm just going to blap Listerine because you got to get the taste of my nuts out your mouth, man. That's just really what it has come down to. These cats are really just a bunch of dick riders and it blows my mind. I'm like, if I don't like you, why would I follow you? I'm not, I'm not going to spend my time to follow someone I don't like and then comment on them when I know I don't like them. Like, what the fuck have we become? I, I really don't get it. Yeah. It, does it, does it, concern, I mean, I, I, you kind of alluded to this, so maybe we've already answered this, but I mean, and I know you're not coaching right now, but the people who are on social media so much, I mean, these are the people you coach that age range. I mean, how, how concerning is that to you? You know what? I don't know, man. You know, Anytime I talk shit about a Donald Trump or anything, uh, see, I don't care. See, I'm, I'm not voting. I'm not voting. I, I won't do it. I have never voted, and I, I probably should have voted before. I'm not voting now because I, I, I don't – I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm a fucking independent thinker, and I've never been into politics because, in my opinion, priests and politicians are the, 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 the devils. They're the scum of the earth. They're the most crooked motherfuckers we uh, have on this earth. And the politicians write the bills to protect these other scumbag fucks like these priests that fuck little boys and all this shit, right? Because it's there's a reason that child trafficking is not a violent crime. How is that possible? How is that fucking possible in 2020? Well, it's possible because the politicians wrote the fucking bill to protect their own fucking asses like the Epsteins and the fucking Trumps and the fucking these people. So it's not a coincidence. There's a, there's a real conspiracy there, right? Well, I... I won't vote because I would never give either one of those motherfuckers quarter piss. Like either one of them, like both of them are racist. Both of them have racist history, factual evidence of it. And uh, one's a pedophile. The other one, we don't know shit about. I and mean, he's a fucking cadaver. This is the best we have in America. This yeah. is like the, we're in America. Like we were the number one team in the world, right? Like that's, if you voted like Alabama, it's like Alabama just being horrible now. Like we're ranked number 10 in the world now when it comes down to everything rating, like economics, jobs, uh, uh, global warming, all this shit, uh, you know, greenhouse gases. We are number 10, the first time ever not being number one in the world in over 200 years or some shit. Like, how the fuck? So what, what's going on? Like, there's more than that meets the eye here. And I, there's no way I'm giving one of the motherfuckers my vote. I, I thought about it. I was really going to do it. I was like, you know what? Growing up in an all-blood neighborhood and seeing Bloods and Crips kill each other and then the Latinos killing each other and Bloods and Crips killing them and them killing them, this is by far the most I've ever spent time on really looking into the politics side of it, because I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe that we hired a talk or, a, or, you know, a, 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 a celebrity um, reality show host as our president. Like I'm really in awe of that. And it, and I thought it was a joke. I thought when I, cause I never cared about the president. I was like, you know, most presidents we've had have at least been competent enough to come up there and, and say, you know, I'm not going to fucking inject myself with bleach or whatever, right? I never had to worry about it. It was sarcasm, JB. It was sarcasm. Yeah. Well, I know you're in Kansas, bro. But so <laughs> I, I was like, you know what? I, I, you know, 
you know, you're pretty influential, influential, even to say that as a joke, it was kind of fucking ignorant. Right. So yeah. I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, I don't know, man, how this politics shit is worse than bloods and crips killing each other. This Republican and Democrat red and blue state shit. It is the worst shit I've ever seen. It's white collar gangbanging. And that's what it is. And they got all the money. They got all the dope. They got all the guns. And I'm just telling you, I've grew up in this, in this, in that realm and in, in that uh, niche, if you want to say it, I've grew up in that dope game deal. And I know that's what exactly what this is. Cause I know who those dope dealers deal with and it's these guys. And I'm just like, you know what? I can't vote for one of these motherfuckers. So that's just kind of how my take is on it. Um, it is what it is, man. I mean, it's just, we got problems, man. I'm just going to tell you straight up. We got problems and I just can't be a part of uh, voting for it. You know, I just hope we get back to uh, some type of sanity and some type of fucking, you know, being able to go out again and eat without a mask on. Well, see, so. I, I will say this. I do disagree with the notion of not voting, but a lot of people do yeah. have your stance where, you know, the, when they see our options, it doesn't, they're not even sure. motivated to want to go vote. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get this. I, I understand me saying not I'm not going to vote because the presidency has never been won by one vote. All right. I can say that. That's an ignorant statement, though, because if I did that and you did it and everybody said I'm not going to vote, then we have a problem. Right. We, I get it. But, you know, I'm, I'm just like, dude, there's no way I can I can really say because I'm not going to vote for one of those two motherfuckers. I'm not going to vote for fucking Kanye West. Right. I mean, this is a joke. Like, think about the ballot. It's a mockery, man. It's a true mockery. And I just can't. I'm not going to if I'm going to. But I, but I always say. America is the greatest country. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It is the greatest country. Um, I just don't believe it's the. Uh, it's the greatest right now. I just don't, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's fucked up right now. And I just don't think, uh, I just hopefully it changes for the better, man, because I believe it is the greatest country, but I just think that we have a lot of bad shit going on. And, uh, you know, lead, cream rises to the top, man. You know, leaders, definition of leadership, leaders create more leaders, not more followers. Yeah. You know, if you ever heard Trump talk and I, like I said, I don't give a shit. People, when I say I don't like to wear a mask or when I say, certain things they think i'm a trump supporter and i literally gain followers on social media from trump guys then i get on the social uh, my so, my podcast being the realist that i am and i say something like you know fucking trump pedophile motherfucker i'll lose 500 followers and it, i literally my publicist shows me this fluctuate i see that i'm losing hundreds of followers like and i'm like really so I'll go weeks in a row to fucking talk shit about Trump so I can get rid of some of these fucking followers. So I want to get rid Addition of Addition by subtraction is what I call it. Hell yeah. And oh, I, I call it the same thing, brother. That's a great term. I use it all the time. And that's a football term that I've used for years. And there is such a thing as addition by subtraction. That's like, no mistake about it. And so I'm doing it like crazy right now. And, but then I talk and I say, well, who the fuck? It's Kamala Harris. She don't know what she is, number one. All right. What ethnicity she is, she don't know. You got the real black people that I grew up with that say, fuck Kamala Harris. See, this is the people don't want to talk about. Then you got the fucking dudes that just want to talk shit about Ice Cube 
and Kamala Harris in the same light that don't know shit about anyone, just like they do about me. They really don't know what Cube did. They don't know that their own, if they're calling Kamala Harris black, how the fuck do you, do you know she's jailed more blacks than anyone? So like, I, when I, I, then I say this and then these Trump people start adding me again. And it's like, <laughs> these motherfuckers are really fucking, they're really, they're really fucking ignorant, man. Like, yeah. You haven't figured out that I don't give a fuck about either one of them. And I'm just telling you the real, like, have you, has anyone figured that one out? And I don't think so. They, they really don't listen, man. That's just, my point is they don't listen. They just want to fucking tweet out shit. They don't really listen to anyone in totality. They just start jumping the gun and telling you how shitty your podcast is. And this motherfucker is a diesel mechanic that has no clue how to set up a fucking microphone. Right. And has no clue how to write a fucking show, has no clue how to, how to do anything, right? But they're going to say, fuck your show, your show's shitty, da, 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 da. and it's amazing, man. Like, I've never been critiqued by a football coach. You like, know what? <laughs> that's the cool part. At least critique me in the profession. I get critiqued by the fucking Wintel Donut guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you fat fuck, you're going to tell me how to coach. I remember uh, you were talked about that a little bit when you were reading the tweets uh, in the final episode. Um, you, you know what's funny is I used to do a Chiefs podcast. Now, I mean, the podcast I do now is more generic because I don't want to talk about just the Chiefs anymore. And, and a lot of my followers want it to come back, which I appreciate. But, you know, I like talking about, you know, movies or, uh, you know, not just Chiefs, other sports as well. Uh, I, I did a podcast last episode on education with an author um, uh, for a kid's book, which, you know, was a lot of fun. I never anything yeah. I've talked about before. But I remember when I was doing the Chiefs podcast, it, it, the, the hard part about that is because, you know, they play on Sundays most of the time. You have to get your podcast out within a certain time. Otherwise, if you get your podcast out Saturday night, yeah. no one's going to hear it on time. Yeah. So yeah. timing was an issue for me. And night, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I remember, um, you know, there were times where I just wasn't able to record an episode and I just didn't have time. Someone left uh, and I just recently came across these. Someone left like a one star review on iTunes and goes, oh, are you, you know, too busy for your followers and all? Is it that hard to just press record and talk? It's like, yes, we just press record and talk. Like, that's that's no, all you do on a podcast. No, no shit. Yeah, I don't even look at any of that. I don't. First of all, I don't know how to even find iTunes or whatever. Second of all, like my book reviews on Amazon or whatever. Uh, I'm glad it's mostly five stars, so I'm, I'm rated like four point nine eight or whatever. <sighs> my cameos, I do videos every. That's fucking the million cameos I got to do right now. I, that shit, I'm a five star rating on that. Um, because if you're if you're getting me, I don't. I think you're getting me. I think you know what you're getting, right? If you're gonna pay money to get me to talk shit to you, I think you're gonna give me a high rating because I'm not gonna half-ass it. I'll give you the best I got. I'm just gonna do the real shit. I don't prep it. I don't prep a cameo. I'm fucking just winging it, right? So, but that's who I am. So I think that's what they want. It's a genuine deal. But if I went on all those reviews because people were sending me some of the book and different things. Even though the book was a bestseller, number one bestseller, most everyone in my profession at least loves it. They know it. They get some real shit out of it. But you're going to have that guy, some guy wrote on there. This is a short read. It's bullshit. This guy's not who he says. Da, 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 da. It's like, that's why I don't even go. I don't even want to go look at it. You know what I mean? I get enough of this shit on, on social media and stuff. And yeah. And I saw I, I saw when they told me who you were and that 
you wanted me on, I said, all right. Because uh, I haven't been doing anyone else's shows for a while. Mainstream media and different shit promoting the whiskey and the cigars that we got going. Um, the Lakers just uh, rocked my cigar for the for the championship. And Danny oh, Green, nice. big shout out. Yeah, Danny Green uh, sent several videos uh, smoking my cigar and my whiskey. So it, it blew up kind of over, over the last week or so, um, really. And so I was like, I'm curious about, you know, I, you said you talked to an educator that wrote a book about education. So I kind of looked up some of the stuff that you were talking about on your deal. So I'm interested that I know it's not my podcast. I'm on, I'm asking, I'm interested to know what you thought about that deal. Uh, your take what, on that whole education deal. Oh, with the, with the author who I interviewed last week. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. So her name's Melody McAllister. Um, super nice. Uh, she's from, uh, I think she lived in Kansas City a little bit. So she wrote a kid's book called I'm, I believe it's called I'm the, I'm sorry story. Uh, she's, she, she had that, uh, she used to be uh, an elementary uh, teacher. I think she taught first, fourth and fifth grade. So, uh, we talked about her book a little bit and also, you know, the fact that, and I, I didn't want to ask you about your book later. Um, cause I think reading is a lot of fun, but I think at some point when kids get older, they don't choose to read as much. And maybe at one point they loved reading, but they don't necessarily recall that. And one of the big conversations we did have is, look, if you're going to read, um, but hate reading, you know, read at least something that's interesting to you. So, uh, for example, are you a Star Wars fan? Uh, not really. No. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll still I, use I that as an out, man. I lost count. I lost count. And I just like, you know what? I'm not gonna, <laughs> um, I'm not gonna try to fucking figure out how the fuck this thing goes chronologically. Cause I'm so fucking confused now. That's understandable. Like, baby, is he lo- Is he old? Is he a baby? I like, I'm like, Oh, the fuck's going on here. God damn it. So I, well, I lost the deal. Well, you know, I mean, I just have to happen to have this next to me. It's like, look, uh, you know, if you love Star Wars movies, but you don't like reading and you and you're being told you need to read more. Look, I mean, there are so many Star Wars books out there, you know, just, just things like that. Um, you know, if someone loves football, uh, but they don't like to read, hey, you know, read Jason Brown's book, you know, or, or you know, whoever your favorite football player is. There's almost an autobiography on all these big name athletes sure. out there. So uh, we right. talked about that quite a lot on on the last podcast. So what was your take on her and as far as her thoughts on education uh what specifically well i mean because we we touched on a lot of things because we Uh, talked about like the pandemic and how oh she wasn't just so she's an educator though uh she used to be i think she's trying to get back into Uh, it um she's doing some online learning I'm, I'm, I want to bring on a, I got so many, I know I want to bring one on and just ask them that. Oh, I, I think, I'd be more than happy to connect her with you. Yeah. If, if you're I, I mean, I don't know if she's going to be the one I want, you know, I, mean, I don't know if she can handle what I'm going to talk about, but I'm saying <laughs> I, cause I believe that these degrees behind my head right here. Yeah. These degrees. Yep. I see them. Uh, I got like three or four of them, right? Two masters, okay. bachelors and AA. I think they're the, um, I think they're the, I think I should wipe my ass with them. <laughs> that's what I think. And that's just my opinion. Uh, I talked about it on Netflix. I think they're the biggest waste of fucking ink and paper ever, ever created. I think it's the biggest scam um, there is in America. It's the largest debt we own is Americans. Yep. Uh, credit cards and student loan. I think it's the biggest scam. Um, unless you are legitimately 
position specific intending to go learn how to fucking treat a muscle or something you know you're going to go really learn physical therapy or you know whatever you did at KU I don't know um journalism seems like you were probably, which was useless also on, yeah, okay I would love to hear what you can tell me what you learned in your four years of education or high school four years because I couldn't tell you one thing I learned you know what well first of all yeah I've got my journalism degree there and KU was very kind for whatever reason. They sent me a second uh, uh, of those, you know, pieces of papers. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, what's so interesting is you know, there were, you know, you learn a couple of things, but it's not like, you know, you discovered something that was brand new in these journalism classes. In fact, you know, mm-hmm. I think when you're uh, a lot of journalism schools have this, they have these extracurricular activities you could do you could be the editor for your student newspaper you could be the football writer uh or you could you know uh be part of the radio show whatever i learned more in those extracurricular activities than i did in the classroom like the real class was actually being in student media and going out and doing stories not you know spending all that money that i did and i will say yeah and i'll be honest uh i've said this before I pay $30,000 in student loans, but that's because I only went to school for two years. I remember in high school, I knew I was going to go to Johnson County and I was one of those students that, you know, I wasn't real. I didn't have a lot of motivation, especially when you hear your high school classmates are going to Kansas, Kansas state, Missouri, you know, all those big Mm -hmm. schools and they're part of these big activities. But then it's like, looking back, you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't pay all that money for a useless degree. I'll tell you right now, 95% 95% of my journalism classmates are not in journalism right now. Oh, shit. So <laughs> I could have told you that, and I didn't know that. I'm just yeah. saying, I again, it's the biggest waste of ink and paper ever fucking invented. I'm just telling you, I just truly believe it. But I tell my guys and everyone I come across, you have to play the game, capital T-H-E, not games. You got to play the game to get this fucking worthless piece of shit, right? Yeah. So you can get in the door to even interview, especially our brown and black population. So you have to have the fucking piece of paper to even get an, a sniff at the degree, which are already predetermined hires. And basically, you're just a fucking, you know, a token interview. Um I'm, I've been token interviews for eh, for many years, but I still tell coaches to go interview because they still are priceless. But you've already your job, the job you're interviewing for has already been predetermined, bro. Just so we're clear, people don't realize that. Don't, don't think you're going to interview and you're gonna have a real shot at it. You're the second or third guy based on how good you interview. If the fucking guy they predetermined hire turns the job down, so. People don't realize that shit. And they're like, no way. Go and then guess what? The truth hurts. And I'm sorry. I'm the guy to tell you the truth. But in 10 years, I get guys hit me back like, fuck, I should have listened to you. But it is what it is, man. I mean, you only know what you know and don't know what you don't know. And, and, and you know, do you know, can you point out where fucking Nigeria is on a, on a map? If, if, I, if I ask you, no, because nobody taught you. And I tell kids that all the time. Coaches yell at the the kid all day. You fucking suck. My daughter could catch the ball. You haven't said one thing. You haven't said one fucking thing, how to correct the problem, how to teach the kid, how to catch the ball. All you do is talk shit. Teach them how to do something, right? That's 
That's the biggest thing. I, I hate coaches that do that shit. I, I, I hate to say the word hate. I hate that word. I hate. That's the only thing I say hate to is the word hate. But I, I truly dislike coaches that say, oh, my daughter could do that. Well, fucking, I haven't heard you t- coach them yet and tell them how to do it. You haven't told the kid how to write uh, APA style paper. How, how the fuck do they know? You don't know how to write APA for her? I've literally had teachers in the JUCO ranks tell my kids, you'll never pass this class. You don't know how to take notes. So I walked in because I, I asked, I, they told me this. Yeah. And I said, it's, I said, damn, Richard Sherman didn't know how to fucking backpedal and intercept a ball until I coached him and taught him. So are you going to teach him how to take notes? This is a commuter college. It's not fucking Harvard. Like, you're here for a reason, too. Last time I checked, you didn't turn down Notre fucking Dame to be teaching at Independence. Mm-hmm. And I didn't turn down USC to coach at Independence. So how about we fucking get these kids through the process because it's a commuter school? These motherfucking educators, man, who so-called educators think that they are at Harvard when they're at Johnson fucking County. And I'm just telling you, that's the truth of it. And a lot of these instructors don't understand their job and their role. And that's to get you where you could not get yourself. There's a reason these kids are there. They couldn't get themselves to Notre Dame. So now your job is to get them where they couldn't get themselves. But it's a dick measuring contest. And apparent, and unfortunately, a lot of them have small dicks and it's called a small dick syndrome. And they, they, they got either beat up by athletes or got their girl taken in, in, in by the at prom or mm-hmm. something. And now they're presidents, principals, and, and educators. And they felt they want to, they've been waiting 25 years to fell a black kid in class that plays football because they took my girl in prom in 1986. That's the truth. And that's what happens. I, I run into them all the time and it's just like, Oh, well, but, is what it is um you know what you're saying is interesting though because i I do remember a high school and you know when when you hear you know educators like that you do really appreciate the good ones out there the ones that actually try to help these students i remember at a high school history teacher that you know he he shared a story about you know other colleagues of his were bragging that they gave out you know three f's you know it's like great He, he he bragged that he gave out zero it's like that's something you should be, you know, talking about more often. Um, you know, I will say this, and I've talked about this before personally. Um, when I was in middle school, I wasn't getting a lot of good grades, and I was in. They would always set me aside, you know, for certain classes to get uh, those. Um, oh man, uh, I don't remember the exact wording for them. Uh, basically, they were. I think they were called study skills, where they basically had another teacher out there, like a paraprofessional, try to help you out. Yeah, and the, yeah, the yeah. paraprofessional was one of the most discouraging people in the world. And looking back at that now, knowing the stuff I know, it's like, you know, if, if I was viewed as a student that needed additional help and this paraprofessional is the most mm-hmm. discouraging person, it's like, how, how, how are students even supposed to succeed in that kind of environment? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, it's a, it's a mockery, man. It's a, it's a, uh, there's, first of all, educators get paid shit. They get paid yeah. like shit. Right. So, you get what you pay for in life. I don't give a fuck what policemen get paid like shit. So you're going to get what you get, right? <laughs> you wonder why they're killing black cats that are innocent and they, they depict them a certain way or brown cats or whoever, because they fucking, they make 49 grand and they take a bullet at lunch. 
Like, fuck you. I'd be, I'd be shitty at my job too. Right. I have a whole nother discussion about what then don't do it. Obviously that's my take. But at the end of the day though, you got teachers that get erasers thrown at them disrespectful at an all time level. Right. You got administrators now who don't support the grown person as the teacher. They support the kid because they're scared of the parent and these helicopter parents that come. And so you have a fucking horrible public education system right now, period. And private school is a joke. It's a fucking joke. The teachers don't even got to have a fucking degree damn near, or at least don't have to have a credential and it's, or a certificate out in the Midwest. So it's, it's just, it's a, it's a mockery, uh, in my opinion, education is, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, I've done tests. I've done shit to this. I've done shit to really prove these things. Cause I hate saying shit. If I don't have any proof and backing and I'm not going to say it and put my foot in my mouth. And I had a kid that was a white kid from Kansas. I had a black kid from Tennessee, from Memphis. Both of them were fucking similar. Red at the third grade level. Uh, a bunch of different issues, right? 504 IEP kids, you know, I'd have my staff yeah. up three and four in the morning with them, all those type of kids. And that's what I, that's most of my kids are special ed kids. That's what the, I coach. That's what they are. You know, I'm ADHD. I'm fucking ADD. I, I got all kinds of shit probably. So that don't mean shit. I mean, it's still, you can get a kid to figure out how to get, play the game. And I had these papers. I told the teacher, so I told the teacher, this is it. We help these kids. You know, the teacher knew. We're like, we're helping these guys help at night. And here's the two papers. Bro, the kid got, she graded them out. They had no names on purpose. I wanted to see what the fuck she did. And she graded it out. And she's like, coach, there's no way that Emmett Gooden, who went to the University of Tennessee, who's an NFL guy, um, who had a mishap uh, recently at Tennessee. But anyway, he's like, there's no way this kid's going to pass this class. And da 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 Oh, man. Bro, it was the white kid that's paper she graded. But guess what? The black kid was the dumb one. No, motherfucker. You're lazy. You fucking stereotypical. And the black kid's paper was a thousand times better than the dumb fucking white kid from Kansas. But guess what? That's the life we live. That's the lazy teachers that we get in this system that really don't do their job. And that's why I'm so hard on the kids. And I tell the kids, hold these motherfuckers accountable. Make them earn their money that they do earn. Go see them in their office hours. Make them work. Like, go see them. Go be presentable. But that's why I also tell the kids, you sit in the front row, you ask questions, you take your fucking hat off, you pull your pants up, you do all these things too. So at the end of the day, sometimes there's just good, good things happen to good people. And it's a lot easier to get that grade bubbled in on your Scantron as a, as a, as a B than it is a C because you're an asshole sitting in the back text messaging, right? Because the teacher don't give a fuck about you at that point. And it's easy to bubble in a C. Yep. But man, this kid tries hard, sees me in my office hours, really wants to do well, doesn't fucking do talk shit and start shit and guess what bubble in a b i'll give you the benefit even though i know you earned a c but you know what you did a hell of a job you tried da, da, da. You, you get a lot of that in life if you play the game and that's why i teach those guys you know fake it till you make it man i mean this this world ain't built on intellect it's built on fucking being good people uh teaching cats how to 
get through to where they couldn't get themselves and, and being good in community and helping cats, man. I, I, if we had more mentality like that, I think we'd be better off. But right now everybody's out, you know, small dick syndrome, man, dick measuring contest. Everybody wants to be the fucking guy. And you know, it's crazy. Like when you hear Donald Trump talk, have you heard his talk? Like who does he address and talk to? Do you, what's your, what's your, like last night on the debate, what's your, who does Donald Trump talk to when he's talking in the camera? Uh, I guess just his followers, the people who support him. No, he only talks to Republicans, bro. Like you can't be the president and only talk to Republicans. Everything he does is for Republicans. If you ever hear how, what state this, he only addresses Republicans. Like it's clear. And I don't give a fuck. Cause I'm not voting for either one of the motherfuckers. But what I'm saying is at least Biden or, or Obama or whoever we've had before, even Bush and fucking Reagan, at least they talk to the American people. Like this motherfucker talks to, he literally says it. He only talks to Republicans. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's fucking banking on an electoral vote to fucking fuck the Democrats again. I yeah, don't know. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I've got to say, I know we're, we're going pretty long, so I do want to wrap up. By the way, you mentioned earlier mm. that uh, you've had other interview requests and you haven't done those. And, and you know, I mean, you could have easily said no to me also. I, I, I just want to say that does not go unappreciated because uh, no, I, I appreciate it's all good. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, you know, man, I like to do favors. I, not to you. I'm just saying uh, somebody that I, I, I appreciate asked me to do it and i said hey you know i'm gonna do it so um if that's you know that's that's just how i am man and you know i'm never i'm not nobody man i'm a regular joe man i just i i wish i could do everybody's it but i you know i get so many man and uh and then you know at this point where i'm at it's like hard to do i try to help guys build their thing and i you know i get a guy that doesn't even have a one follower on something and i'm like bro i i just don't have the time to try to build your fucking program right now you know what i mean i just uh, I gotta do, uh, I gotta do other shit. I gotta go on fucking ESPN. So it's just one of those deals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, I, I do want to wrap up. Uh, so real quickly, um, share, I see your book there. I've never read it before, but, uh, I definitely mm-hmm. am interested, uh, more than before. Um, talk to me about your book and your podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about those and what can people expect from those? Yeah. Uh, you know, the book shit, man, it, it was, it, I didn't expect it to be this thing that ended up being number one bestseller. The number two book at the time, uh, was Tom Brady. And the number three book was like, uh, fucking, uh, Herm Edwards or something, some ridiculous people. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't expect it to be like it. So that's how big the show is. That's what, that's what I, I think the show, it's not me, uh, how, how big the show is. So, um, you know, it's just a real, I wrote it, you know, Myself, my tongue, uh, obviously the production and the, the, the publishing house cleaned it up. I wrote it. I wanted it to be from my tongue and my tongue and one, one tongue voice and message. And, and it's not that long. It's like 150 pages or something. And, and it's just to the point, I broke it down in chapters. We called it chapters that I, that people were familiar with. And I just talked to the people in the real way that they understand and I think I've had more requests from Fortune 500 companies, CEOs, and business folks. Uh, I've spoke to a lot of Fortune 500 companies. I've talked to big time Camping World and, 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 and Thompson's RV to their management, to their sales team. They want to know how to recruit. They, that's a huge thing. They're like, shit. And I'm, I kudos to them seeing through the bullshit and wanting me to come speak. And I have spoke 28 times to different places and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a good deal, man. I spoke to 25 high schools. 
um, or 28 high schools in the last year and a half. Um, and, and that's just, uh, something from the show. And so, you know, started my whiskey and, and cigar line, slapdick whiskey and slapdick cigars. I got the slapdick podcast. I've actually trademarked the name, uh, which is, it's crazy. I got that done. Um, so, you know, it's just been, a, it's been, a, it's been a, been a whirlwind, man. And, uh, I'm just, uh, just a regular Joe, man. I, I, I'm never going to be big time, nobody. And, uh, I, I knew half the people that I knew before, uh, a few new celebrity type guys, but most of the celebrities in the football profession, I've actually known or grew up with a lot of them that are now supporting the whiskey and the cigars for me on their global scales. And, uh, so I can, I'm only appreciative for that. And, uh, See how it goes, man. We'll see what uh what what lies ahead for me. I've got to admit, you know, when when I had you on, I want to talk about you know your appearance on Netflix or not appearance, I guess your time, you know, on Last Chance You on Netflix, and also some football talk. I didn't think we'd be going, you know, uh, talking about education like this, but I've got to say, I really enjoyed it. Uh, JB, thank you so much for coming on, man. I hope we can do this again down the road. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, hey, sometimes, man, don't judge a book by its cover. You know what I mean? People don't ever know that uh, even though I didn't learn one thing in school, uh, I'll end it like this. It, it, this is a hands-on life we live, and it's a results-oriented business, man. There's no gray area. You win or you lose. You, uh, you know, that's just how it is, man. I just believe you get results or you don't, and uh, – some people judge you and don't know shit about you, man. It's these keyboard cowards, but it is what it is, man. Keep fighting a good fight, man. And uh, appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks, JB. Take care. All right, brother. Take care. <laughs> All right. Off he goes. Jason Brown here on Farscast. Uh, really nice guy. Uh, comes from a very interesting background. And you heard him talk about that. Uh, just the things that he has gone through in his life. And as a coach, as an educator, as someone who is trying to help college-age kids uh, that do struggle, he's definitely out there trying to make an impact and trying to make a difference. Uh, and, yeah, look, I know coaches do this kind of thing, but for him to really open up and, and talk about this in a big manner, Man, I've got to say, I, I do have a lot of appreciation for him. Because, yeah, there are coaches who try to make sure their kids are getting good grades, but they a lot of them have tutors. So uh, some coaches out there, they may get involved in, in their kids' education, their uh, players' education. Some probably not at all, and they let the tutors all handle that. Maybe they have an assistant coach that handles all of that. If you guys watched the first season of Last Chance You, they actually have – um, someone that is assigned that specific position, the like the like the academic advisor, and she takes care of all of that. Um, Independence did not have, you know, a Brittany Wagner. Uh, for those who've seen all all the seasons of Last Gen Two, you know who I'm referring to. So uh, I've got to say, I have a I have a whole new level of respect for Jason. Um, hearing his story there and what he's tried to do to help kids, and just kind of let some of these educators know, hey, look, you. You got to help these kids out a little bit. Um, that's definitely an eye opener, especially for anyone involved in education. Uh, so some really good stuff. I'll be honest, man. I thought the entire time I was going to talk to Jason about uh, the Netflix series and maybe chat about football, chat about uh, the World Series. Uh, I don't know if he's a UFC fan. We never even had an opportunity to discuss that. Maybe he is, and we missed out on a great opportunity to discuss the UFC fights tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, rather. 
but you know what, man? Uh, sometimes that just happens when you're having fun and having a great conversation. We just kind of let it go off off the map, uh, off the script, I guess. And uh, we really got into things that I did not think I would. I was honestly going to talk about with Jason Brown of all people. So. Uh, really big thanks to Jason Brown for coming on. Check out his podcast. Uh, I've only listened to one episode. I'll definitely check out some of his other uh, episodes as well. Um, the guy's hilarious, and I'm definitely interested in checking out his book as well. It's a short read. It's not too long. I'm sure it's pretty good, uh, but go check it out. Uh, Jason Brown, all-around good guy. You guys can also follow him on Twitter and Instagram. So a big thanks to Jason for coming on. Also a big thank you to Cam from the Believe Podcast Networks. Uh, this is not the first time Cam has helped me uh, book a guest on uh, on on my podcast. Uh, this podcast specifically, it's the first time. But in my Chiefs podcast, we had Joe Valerio, who hopefully I can bring on sometime. Joe's a really good guy. Uh, has a very interesting background as well, uh, and I had so much fun talking to him. So uh, it, it, I've had uh, these uh, guys from the Believe Podcast Network a couple of times now, and uh, Eddie Law is one of them, by the way. But Eddie and I already knew each other before uh, he went to Believe. But um, these guys over at Believe, they're uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good dudes uh, and gals. So uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, someone else from there in the future. But big thanks to Jason and big thanks to Cam for uh, helping uh, make this all happen at the end of the day here on Fartscast. Big thanks to you guys for listening to the podcast. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope you guys are staying safe from all the craziness out there. And like I said, we do... uh, I was not expecting to do a podcast this week, but we did one anyway. And I will say, uh, I I wish I could reveal some details, but I can't. Uh, We do have some... uh, some big names coming on the podcast. Some names that you will uh, for sure recognize in the coming weeks. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll have more details about that on social media. Until then, Farzee Masugin here. Big thanks to you guys again for listening to Farzcast. Talk to you guys later.